Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, every day from the depths of your love for us, you call us to be your people. In all our weakness and strength, with our youth-filled spirits and aging bodies, we come to be your people, strong in faith and eager with questions, singing your praise and whispering our prayers, we come to be your people. Filled with saintly determination, yet mindful of our human limitations, we come to be your people. Made strong in your endless love for us, we know ourselves to be yours. Shine the light of your Spirit upon us as we hear these words of Scripture read and proclaimed. Reveal your saving presence in these words and lead us further down the path of faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Our first reading this morning comes from the first and second chapters of Habakkuk. Hear now the word of the Lord. The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. In chapter 2, we hear God's response to the prophet. I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. Thus ends the reading of the first lesson. But to honor our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, let us stand for the reading of the gospel. Hear now the gospel according to Luke from chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not because he was short of stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus! Hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, 
because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. be seated. Alleluia indeed. Who are the saints and what does the life of a saint look like? Saints recognize their need for God. Saints are thankful for the many ways God is at work for our good, even in the most unlikely of relationships, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Saints don't have it all figured out, but they keep at it, actively working for God's righteousness, seeking God's love and justice and mercy. Saints encourage us into a more faithful life. Who are the saints? Saints are everyday people, past, present, and future, who put their trust in the one who saves and redeems. Now it is okay to acknowledge that today is bittersweet, especially for those who have recently experienced a loss. Death is disturbing. We grieve, we mourn, we miss the physical presence and company of those who have gone on before us, and we feel that loss deep down in our bones. Yet even in the midst of death, we have hope that does not disappoint, for sin and death do not have the final word. Now, this is a good word for us today, for all the saints present today, because there are times when we wonder, are things ever going to get better? Like Habakkuk and many of the psalmists, we too may say, how long, O Lord, how long will the injustice and evil ever be resolved? Our collective brokenness can create a profound sense of lament and loss in any number of ways. Perhaps we have experienced the death or loss of a loved one, of a failed relationship. Perhaps the loss is tied to job, health, shaky political or economic conditions, prejudice, the world refugee crisis, even change, good change, can bring gains and losses. Often we are sorrowful as we recognize our own role in creating barriers to God's good work. And all of this can leave us feeling stuck, lost, not sure of who we are, what to do, or where we are going. These moments can weigh heavy. On a lighter note, 
We have a friend who is a bank auditor, and he travels frequently. And recently, he was on a plane en route back from Mobile, Alabama, and our friend, whom we will call John for today, struck up a conversation with the passenger seated next to him on the airplane. They, of course, enjoyed all the usual airplane chit-chat, things like, where are you from, what do you do? As the plane made its final approach, John instructed his newfound friend to look out the window. Just look at that beautiful Raleigh skyline. You know, the Research Triangle Park area is really quite progressive. I just love living and working in this area. Oh, look, there's the building in downtown Raleigh where I work. His fellow passenger looks at him very strangely and says nothing further. The chit-chat is definitely over, and John wonders what in the world he has said to make their friendly conversation take such an unfortunate turn. A few minutes later, as he exits the plane and enters the terminal, right there in front of him, in large letters, is a large sign that says, Atlanta International Airport. He is only halfway home, deboarding to catch a connecting flight. And as if that is not enough, there's actually a footnote to this story. Our friend races to catch up with his fellow passenger, and he apologizes profusely for his momentary confusion. His seatmate replies, Oh, I didn't think you were lost. I just felt really funny because I thought your eyesight was a whole lot better than mine and that you could see Raleigh way in the distance. After all, at my age, my eyesight is not that good. Now, most of us have a humorous story about being lost. But on a more serious note, truly losing our way is no way to live for ourselves or for others. God desires so much more for us, for all. And thankfully, throughout Scripture, God's pattern of ministry is to seek out and to save the lost, calling all of us to participate in this redemptive work. For instance, we heard in the Old Testament lesson that the prophet Habakkuk is experiencing a gut-wrenching sense of loss and abandonment. Where is God amidst all the destruction and violence that surrounds him? He is distressed by the repeated cycles of injustice. And he cries out to God, Where are you? Are you even listening? Don't you care? What are you going to do about this? The prophet asked God some very tough questions. Now the tone and the content of today's Old Testament lectionary reading may have us scratching our heads. Why this particular lection for an All Saints Day worship? But if we dig a little bit deeper, we see that the prophet's plea is not odd at all. 
This type of conversation is the type of thing that the saints know full well, for you do not become a saint by blissfully ignoring the injustice and all the things that are not right with this world. Saints have hard questions for God. Saints have their own share of trouble. Saints sometimes have moments where they question their capacity to be able to carry on. Saints are not removed from the messiness of this world. They have had their faith tested. In other words, we don't become saints in the absence of those why questions of life. We wrestle with God in those moments and we allow God to work with us and in us and through us in ways that strengthen our faith, strengthen our trust, even in the the midst of doubt, even in the midst of the inevitable uncertainty of life. Saints wait upon the Lord. And as you know in the Old Testament scriptures, waiting upon the Lord means putting your hope in God. Saints put their hope in the Lord, sometimes waiting a long time for the answer to come. And the answer does come ultimately at the appointed hour for all of us. God writes His answer plainly in large letters for all to see in the Word, Jesus Christ, the One who is and was and is to come. So what about our response to God's gracious action? We are blessed. We are blessed to work for God's justice and peace and reconciliation. We are blessed to offer a word of comfort and hope and encouragement to one another. We are blessed to care for one another, to invite and challenge one another into a deeper discipleship in the example of Jesus. Now this holy way of living is directly tied to the answer God gives Habakkuk. Regardless of the circumstances, live the faith as you received it. Be righteous and you will find life even amidst the ruins and the sorrows and the destruction that surrounds you. Live that God-shaped life even when those around you are not, for in this you will find peace. In this, God will bless you and in turn bless others around you. God tells Habakkuk to write this word on tablets and to make it plain in letters so big that people running by can even see it. This answer does not solve everything. It doesn't prevent all the suffering and the injustice, but it will keep us from being overwhelmed and overcome by it. Living the faith that we have received, of course, requires staying connected with God and with one another. For apart from God and one another, we're like that ember apart from the fire. Take Zacchaeus, for example. He has become separated. He has lost his way. This man has become rich on the backs of others. He has cheated. He has perverted justice. He is a chief tax collector and sinner. And the crowds have probably given up on him, but God 
has not the call and the presence of Jesus stirs him to take new and decisive action. He repents publicly. He hurries down. He's happy to welcome Jesus. He is moved, pledging the utmost of restitution, pledging for anyone he has cheated to repair and to restore fourfold all that he has received. He responds to the word with faith and righteousness. In this, Jesus declares him a true son of Abraham. Today, salvation has come to this house. Indeed, salvation has come in the person and work of Jesus. And the transformation of Zacchaeus becomes a sign large enough for all to see. Saints recognize our desperate need for God and we are thankful for all the many ways God is at work for our good. Today is a day of celebration and rejoicing with all the saints because God does write His answer in the one who is, who was, and who is to come. To Him be all glory and power and dominion forever and ever. Amen.